This week on the Pushwallows podcast, we talk the liver king, velocity-based training, and we have a mass tasting of protein bars. Two, one, it's recovery time, Dan. Hey, it's guys. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Oh, <laughs> mate. Ruined it. Ruined it. <laughs> hey, guys. Welcome to the Push Pull Legs podcast with myself, Damique. And me, Tom Hall. I was about to say I'm going to go eat some testicles in the Liver King yeah. style. But well, you me... see how I didn't even know that was a, a, an introduction to you. I just thought you were just telling me what you could do. Almost 300 episodes. And it's possibly the first time you talked over me whilst I was doing my bit. Well, you did do a little pause yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, I, mean? I, I was like, yeah, okay, was, cool. Was, was, that, that was for comedic or like comedic effect. Um, I oh, I've ruined it. Uh, ruined it. <laughs> Timing's lost on you, mate. Jesus. I can only apologise. Can only apologise. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? Oh, not a lot, mate. I'm just about recovered from my golf golf session at the weekend. Still few. Still few about the golf course. <laughs> it wasn't great. The golf course wasn't fantastic. It was confusing in the fact that my GPS was wrong or the golf course was wrong. The golf course was just laid out in front of me, <laughs> but they hadn't updated it. But he did, like, the, the lad said that he'd, they'd only reopened recently and then they changed the holes around. I was like, brilliant, this is going to go well for an updated app. <laughs> I just feel like, do you know, do you like the golf, club, golf course, right? I get it's the winter, I get all that sort of stuff, right? But if that was us going around that course looking to become a member, it was not a great first impression, was it? Do you know, like, and I know no. not many people are probably going to join a membership, you know, a golf course in the winter and all that sort of stuff. But I don't know. I just felt a little bit like, I don't know, the golf courses that we've been, we've been at before, it seemed to take a bit more pride in, in how things were done or it just seemed like a very neglected golf course. It seemed like a very neglected golf course and how it was like put together and the flow of it all and just nah, did not like it whatsoever. <laughs> Too much walking involved with them. The holes were far away from each other. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, just, know, just like a lack of, just a lack of any sort of help for anyone. Like, I, feel, I think it didn't help that neither has played that well. So, that yeah, is, uh, obviously it help. Is it? it was a little bit cold. Um, yeah. It was cold as well. So, yeah, hopefully that's not a problem for me in a few weeks' time. Exactly. Um, uh, yeah, I've got a list of um, one of my clients. Is, uh, he was in, he lived in Dubai for like 10, 15 years. So he's uh, he's just wired me a little list of uh, some courses, and then he knows a couple of golf pros out there to oh, yeah. hook him up. So he was like, "Yeah, yeah, no worries." I was like, "Well, I'll fly." Oh, uh, go go see what's going on. Might have to. I might actually have to give the contacts to you, but you know, yeah, might have to, mate. You got to come out and play first. That's the first thing. Correct. Yeah. Be lovely. Flight booked. So that was the weekend. That was exciting. Um, how is how is gym life? Working hard, working hard in gym. I've been gym this week. Been too busy Jesus. so far. I like I said, with all the move and everything, I any anything in my diary that's not completely necessary for like work is just being at, it's just being hijacked at the moment for other things. It's just um, like life takes over. You know, these, these weeks happen, and I know it's only temporary. I know that if I wasn't for that, I'd be going. But um, like I've had to move. I've got a funeral on Thursday, so I've had to move all my check ins like to today. 
So then I can't go. I usually go today. Uh, so I couldn't go today. Obviously, I can't go tomorrow. I'm doing check-ins all day. And then I've got a funeral. Then Friday, I'm busy all day with check-ins, golf lesson, all these things. And then at the weekend, I'm driving to my dad's scene for the weekend before I leave. So there's like a week I can't like, and, I, and look, if I wanted to get up at 4 a.m. and go and do something, I probably could. But it's one of those where it's like, I don't. And I don't care <laughs> enough like, at this point in time for, for that. And and then the week after is, again, the same again. It's going to be like Monday, Tuesday. I should be able to get a session in, but you know something might come up. And that's more important. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But uh, I know that once I'm settled in, it'll all go back to normal again. So it's fine. Yeah. Won't lose that much gains, mate. I think you'll be all right. Uh, what about you? You managed again? I have. I'm almost... I'm almost up to date on my everyday athlete plan that I'm doing along with um, a fair few bunch of other people, um, which is lovely. I'm actually, I'm one day behind. So I've done my, uh, I did my day one today, but I meant to do that Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. I meant to be my training days, but it's like, it's fine. I'm sure I'll get over it. Um, yeah, I'm sure <laughs> it was, um, yeah, I was just because I was a day behind from last week. I was uh, not too sure what happened. I think it was I, I chose going to the range on Saturday morning as a priority rather than training. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I can't bother to go. I was like, I trained on Friday night. I'm going to go enjoy myself and uh, play play golf a little bit. So I was like, no, golf, got my my whatever 18,000 steps in whatever it was on Sunday. So I was like, you know what? I don't need to do anything. I'm fine. Crack on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, feeling better. It's only week two. <laughs> <laughs> feeling good. Um, but yeah, it's, it's quite fun. So obviously the everyday athlete programs and the, uh, the better health are up for purchase. You can do them anytime. Um, and it basically just guides you through on the fitter app. So you can go through my link tree if you want to do that. Um, you don't have to. You, have a, you don't even have to speak to me. How good's that, right? You can find my the best. That is the best way of doing it. You don't have to speak to me at all. Yeah. Sign me up. Um, Sign me up. I'm <laughs> um, But yeah, no, it's good. It's that people are going through it, and they're like, "Shit, I've never, never." And it's a weird thing because like people are like, I've, "I've been really complimentary." Like, "Oh, I love the way you program." And I, I would have never programmed something like this ever for myself or I wouldn't ever program like this. And people are going, oh, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know whether it's okay. I'm, I'm not that abstract when I program. It's just thought out. That's it. As far as I'm concerned, it's not like I'm doing mental crazy things, but I'm like, there's a, there's a, a thought process to everything. And it'd be like, that's doing that because of this. This is there because mm. of that bit is there. So it's quite fun. So I'm enjoying a little leaderboard because uh, posted posted a top score dinner on my little leaderboard. Uh, everybody's doing it. <sighs> got got shape up to me because everyone <laughs> like uh, <laughs> on the conditioning one. So whenever you if you guys like jump on it, you, I've set it up so that there is a leaderboard for week one, week two, week three, week four. As you get and you'll obviously see it as you get better. You can try and beat other people that are doing the programs and they'll be there forever. Um, but yeah, there was everybody decided to go ski erg. I was quite surprised. So I've written like you can do a ski erg or you can row for this um like 15 minute max sprint. 15 minute, 15 second, wow. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> 15 second max sprint. Um, and then you get like total accumulative over three sets of like distance. And yeah, everybody's gone ski erg over rower. I was quite surprised. I would always yeah, that's not a good choice. go towards the rower instead of the ski erg because like ski erg is weird to sprint for 15 seconds. It's very odd. Yeah, really hard. 
Yeah. Especially if you find it, if you're just kind of new to it as well. Like, I think it's probably why maybe people picked it because they're like, oh, I've not, you know, used this before or something like that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Basically, yeah. I just wanted some like upper body dominant cardio, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it, like, it's just, yeah, cardio triceps. But it's cool. I'm happy. My little plan. I'm following my own plan. That's what's happening. That's the blessing of me writing all this shit. So I've always you're got something to go do. <laughs> yeah. uh, I will reap the rewards uh, all good all good all right so rundown for today guys um apparently there's a chap called the liver king that's doing the rounds um so i've just literally just watched a few videos <laughs> there's some fantastic quotes um so i guess we'll chat about that nutrition basis um i went and did some cpd continual professional development uh last week um with mr chris toombs uh go give him a follow I think I'll probably invite him on either this show or the PTC show at some point in the next couple of months. So have a little look out for him. He's literally worked everywhere within rugby, um, which is pretty cool. And uh, me and Dan will have a little discussion over velocity-based training is what I'll chat about. And then we can chat about some uh, exertions and all that kind of scales and stuff and how we program and how maybe there might be a good future for this stuff uh but first of all dan is obviously leaving us um so he's we're gonna do a mass protein bar tasting oh well mate i've got i mean next week i might have to get through about 20 in one, one session <laughs> i realized i bought far too well i didn't buy you, far should, too many. you should send one of uh them. send isabel to school with protein bars in a like yeah. lunch and yeah. they'll, they'll be like what do your parents do yeah they're both personal <laughs> trainers <laughs> yeah. one of my um one of my one of my clients who's um he listens to the show actually and he um he's just finished with me because he's got um back problems and stuff like that and he's basically got to take a few months off training by the sounds of it to really kind of fix things and we were going to go into muscle gain phase so he's kind of like well i can't train so like that's not really gonna happen so taking a break for a few months and he bought me a protein pick and mix voucher which is very kind of him as a as a, as a thank you for coaching um so i obviously went and spent it before i left obviously i had to i was like, leaving <laughs> soon so i've got a nice little selection here and Weirdly enough, protein pick and mix, obviously, they, they do that. They do this occasionally. They add a little bit extra in there, a little gift. Um, I think they've added this one in because they, they're not selling it, is why I think they've added it in. But I currently have... They know, they, they know we do this segment as well. Bear that in mind. They There's might have that. known your yeah. name. <laughs> um, is that they have sent me a protein croissant. Croissant. Protein croissant. Croissant. And I don't know where I fall with it. It's not a protein bar, is it? But... I don't know how much it costs because it was in there. It was, I didn't buy it. It was added in there. So it's probably really expensive. But I want to start with the croissant. But it does smell a bit funny. Obviously, it's not going to be nice, is it? But I mean, look, uh, to, be, to be honest, mate, for, from where I'm looking at it, it looks like a turd. Yeah, <laughs> it does. <isn't> it? <laughs> it does look like a turd. It's, it's not really a croissant. It's more like a, a roll that they've just put lines in to kind of yeah, make it look yeah, like I a don't croissant. Think that's a, I don't think that's good lamination, I think, uh, no, of, the, of the pastry. So the protein croissant is 17 grams of protein, 254 calories, 245 calories, sorry. So not too bad, That's which is why I'm extreme, which is why I'm very skeptical. If it was 350 and 70 grams of protein, I'd probably be like, oh, maybe it'll taste all right. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's got chocolate in the middle. Because the nutrition is okay. You ex- assume bad oh, taste. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad. It smells a bit funny. It's got chocolate in the middle. Here we go. Oh, God. I think it's going to be horrible. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can only imagine it's going to be chewy. I don't know. 
Like, so you, I know those the ones you get in packets, those chocolate white like croissants you get in a yeah. packet. And I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be like that. Well, that's what it's like. So, all oh, right, okay. It's not dry. It tastes just like a pre-cooked croissant you buy from the supermarket. That isn't great, but it's about as good as one of them. Uh, but it's not. And I, I would, I would, I would eat a whole one of them, like quite happily. Oh. On on a scale not, of a scale of like terrible, amazing. obviously, like in England, probably the number one croissant you can buy is for commercially available croissant is. If you you've got to be able to get this question right. What is the best commercially available croissant that you can buy? In I don't buy them really. Uh, no, well, I I do occasionally. I don't feel the fact, but you can buy them in the supermarkets now as well, frozen. And cook them at home yourself. Okay. The Pret ones. Pret, yeah. The Pret chocolate croissants are legitimately good. Okay. And I will, I will, yeah, they are good. But obviously, mm. like all the bougie ones, like actual French ones, lovely, lovely. But if you're at a loose end and you're like, oh, I'm going to get a croissant from like way better than Starbucks, way better than any other coffee place. But yeah, you're actually, you're having like, you've had like four or five bites. So it's really <laughs> easy to eat. It's actually quite easy to eat. <laughs> All right. So it's not very chocolatey, I have to say. That's a shame. But it's a croissant. It's like a baked good. It's cool, right? Because obviously the, the Ranger Bake Bakery, what would ever be on the Great British Bake Off? A pro they should do a protein week, really, shouldn't they? They've just done a, a free from week. They should do a protein oh. week. Yeah. That would be good. No, I'm not right into them. Um, do you know what? That is nowhere near the worst protein bar or protein thing that we've had on this show <laughs> well i did that last week or the week before i had that awful fucking it tasted of i think this would actually be nicer without the chocolate in it it's the chocolate bit that's not the best bit oh really and that's probably where the main the calories are is it also it's... where the protein would be Possibly. is the protein the... in the chocolate or is it in the bread i think it's in the bread because it's like oat protein rice protein wheat protein i, I... there's as a concept, it's got legs to it. I think that. Yeah. I'd put it this way. If it was this or a Quest bar, this every day. Every day. <laughs> okay. If we're putting it in the same category of confectionery bakery, it's got to be that, a flapjack or a pancake. The pancakes are better than that. Yeah. But based on the protein amount in it, I'd take that over the flapjack. Because the flapjacks are really dry. That's not dry in any way. Flapjacks are dry and worse protein and more calories. So, yeah. yeah. All right, so I've got a few from... Um, so I nipped out to Holland and Barrett uh, because I saw that they have their own protein brand now, or OT, Ooh, own protein bar, <laughs> which is called... It was obviously, like, at the front. Like, the protein bars and all the good ones, like the Grenade mm -hmm. and blah, 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 PhD, are all off to the side next to the protein, and these ones are at the till. They are the PE yeah. bar... Um, and they are made by Holland, manufactured in the UK for Holland and Barrett. Um, so it's just going to be interesting. So I've got this. It's called the PE, the bar. High protein, low sugar. 21 grams of protein, 193 calories for all of them, which is pretty good mm. as a ratio. Vegetarian friendly. Um, I've got a chocolate orange, a salted caramel, and a cookies and cream. Yeah, all quite standard flavors, really, aren't they? They are quite standard flavors. So mm. I'm going to go for a little uh, a chalky orange right now. So, yeah. I think it's going to be dry. That's what I think. It's going to be mm. dry. 
I don't like that fake chocolate orange taste in protein bars. I like chocolate orange normally, but it's never as good in yeah, protein Yeah, that's why bars. I've opened it first. Right. Yeah. Even the carb killer Jaffa Quake isn't the best, do you know? It's a lot softer than I thought it was going to be, which is good. That's always it's good. Still, it's still dry-ish, but it's a lot softer, I guess. So that's not mm. too bad. That again um, is, yeah. I'm mean, gonna guess they they taste all the same, but I'm gonna just open yeah. one. I've got a beaver bar. So this is one we haven't tried that I've wanted to try for a little while. A beaver bar. So this is by Muscle Moose. Muscle Moose. Oh Muscle wow! Moose. Okay. Yeah. And these Muscle come Moose. in like two fingers. So like, Ooh, like a timeout, like, like a yeah, like a Twix timeout kind of thing. Um, they're quite. They feel quite heavy and dense. To be fair, protein blend is milk protein mainly. With soy protein crispies. Okay. Ooh, soy protein on. crispies. That's a classic, classic thing to put on there. If anybody doesn't know Muscle Moose, they've got the really good like uh, microwave dessert thing as well. And they then they obviously originally made the moose. Then they've got like a a, a, a mug cake. I really like mm. their mug cake. Uh, if you're lacking for protein and you want a little like soft spongy dessert to have, it's pretty good. Pretty good calories. It's white chocolate flavor, but it doesn't taste like white chocolate. It just tastes like nothing. Just sweet. <laughs> nothing. I'm going to try another one of these bars, and then I'm, I won't have all three. Um, Dan can keep going with his bars. Um, so I'm going to go for the salted caramel one as well, just to check. Hmm. Not sold on that. It's all right. Wouldn't buy a pack of them. Wouldn't buy a big box of them. In a hurry. Not dry. Nice crispiness to it. Not too chewy, but really lacking some taste to it. It's not really much to it. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that I quite like these. Oh. They're quite good. The Holland and Barrett bars. They're not much calories. The salted caramel one is better than the, um, the other one because you've actually got some caramel in there as well mm. at the top. Some like gooey caramel. It's not like hard caramel or anything like that. So yeah, I can't taste the salt. Don't taste the salt anyway. <laughs> no. But yeah, no, they're good. They're good. They're they're pretty soft. They don't feel it, but yeah, they're pretty soft. So yeah, not too bad. If you're if you're lacking and like you want to nip into Holland and Barrett and try one of their bars, they're less calories than a PhD. But all Holland and Barretts sell like the PhDs and grenades anyway, so you might want them. But I think they're actually softer. They're they're as soft as PhD PhD bars. But, but softer than mm. grenades. So I've got now PhD Smart Cakes. These are brand new. They're not bars, they're cakes, apparently. Mm. Now I've got Jaffa Cake, Carrot Cake, and Birthday Cake. Now I was going to do the Birthday Cake one, but I already know what the Birthday Cake protein bar, Smart Bar tastes like. Yeah. So I'm going to go for the Carrot Cake one. Carrot Cake. I wonder how cakey it's going to be. So 15 grams of protein. Uh, and 224 calories. So, I know there's a lot of these companies now are trying to sort of skimp on the protein, aren't they? But keep the calories the same. Yeah. Anybody wants to know carrot cake? My favorite cake. Oh. Easily. Easily. So good. Okay, so it's got like a white chocolatey out, out a bit with some crispy bits on top. It smells very much like carrot cake. <laughs> Interesting that. Uh, any carrot in the ingredients? I hope so. But 
Okay. Okay. All right. It's soft like a cake. <laughs> Good. I was expecting it to be like a like a hard. Like you know that. Like, mm. It's a bit like a five one bar. That texture. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I quite regularly have the five one bars. Because um, they're only like 90, 90 calories. Yeah, so you've got little like candied orange bits on top of them. Um, I'm impressed with that. Decent. Uh, good. Yeah, Not good. a bad round. Not a bad round today. No. The protein snacks are coming along. Coming on better. There's no dryness to that. There's no chewiness. It's soft. It's a bit more like a cake. It tastes like carrot cake. <laughs> Just what, what you want from a carrot cake product. I was sceptical. Oh, yeah. you're, you're always sceptical. I have to say, that's decent, that. That's better than the beaver bar. <laughs> that one. Who came up with that name? No idea. <laughs> if you like cakes and you like protein and you don't like protein bars so much because they're too chewy, get on them. How much are they? No idea. Okay. No idea for a box. I'll find out for you. Um, but it's just because like they, they enter the cake category. I think protein pantry are in the cake category, and you're like, mm. this is true. This is true. Um, probably won't be as ready available though, will they? What protein pantry? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Smart cake. Carrot cake was two pound seventy five, or a box is twenty four pounds. Okay. So they're, yeah, they're a good couple of quid cheaper. They well. do a salted caramel version, but I didn't buy that one because everything's fucking salted caramel, isn't it? Every, everything is salted caramel, right? It's like salted caramel, cookies and cream. Yeah. Oh, great. Oreo. All right, great. Mm. Pretty standard, yeah. but from uh, a pleasant experience of eating, I guess we should move on to um, this lad who decides to eat raw meat the whole time. Oh, God, what a weirdo. Um, yeah, so... Talk to me, Dan. Apparently, uh, Mr. James Smith uh, has talked about him a bit, so mm. you might as well get your take. But from briefly, um, the, but the reason why I said I was going to go and eat testicles is uh, there's a video of him going pre-game gladiators and Olympians. They used to eat testico mm. testicles before they performed instead of, I don't know, what we were yeah. eating, like protein yeah. shakes and stuff. Because he didn't have access to it, mate. So, so that's that's good enough for me. And then he just bites yeah. into a massive testicle. <laughs> he basically, like, I saw him about a week ago. In I don't know why it came up. Or, no, on Instagram. It came up about him. Something came up I, about I him. think I saw him, like, like, a week or two ago as well. Something just yeah. came up. And he was just, like, he was, like, showing, I think, like, he was showing around a house, like, his house. And, like, I work mm. here. And I was, like, great. I didn't know who he was. No. Mm. I can't remember what it is, but basically, there was a pic I just remember seeing a picture of him. Absolutely ripped physique. Huge. And he was basically, like, saying that he got this physique because he, he eats like our ancestors used to eat, where he eats, like, raw liver. Um, yeah. Oh, no, it's funny. That he eats raw liver, bone marrow, um, testicles, but then a protein shake. Brilliant. Well, they didn't have them, did they? So, um, <laughs> but anyway, and the guy's clearly on drugs. Like 100% <laughs> yeah. on, on drugs. 
And you know when you're kind of looking at it and being like, can you can you see the irony here, mate? Like, can you do you get it? Like when you say you're eating natural stuff, and he'll claim he's not he's not on anything, but he is quite quite evidently he is um, on something um, that is not natural, shall we say? Uh, yeah, CEO of the ancestral lifestyle, and like obviously he gets trolled a lot in the comments because people are like, well, yeah, why do I want to eat what my ancestors ate because they lived till the age of like 23, 24. Do you know, like they didn't really live too long lives and stuff like that. And given the choice, would they not rather eat a cookie than raw liver? Um, probably. <laughs> so yeah, it's one of those things. I think there's like a bit of a it's a bit of a shitty argument, isn't it? Like I, I get it to a degree. We've all, we've all been there. We've all said stupid shit. Oh, we should eat more like we used to. Blah blah. Paleo crap and all that. Like, but you're allowed to cook your meat, mate. Do you know what I mean? Like you don't have to. You don't have to have it raw. Like, yeah, you, you, yeah. You you're like you know what they also did have. They discovered fire. They yeah. they discovered that cooking the meat on the fire was pretty pretty good, wasn't it? It's just I just find it hilarious that, like I said, it's just I just find it funny like that he's just clearly on drugs, and he's claiming like all this natural stuff. I mean, you could probably sue me for that, probably, can you? What I just said, but <laughs> you can try. <laughs> Again, like there's a video here of him bench. There's a video of him here bench pressing with his like wife or his girlfriend stood on the bar. And it's yeah. like, yeah, it looks impressive, but I can bench that, mate. <laughs> not that heavy. And and she's yeah. having point of contact with support, so there's a little bit of load off there. But you're just yeah. like, it might look good, mate, but <laughs> uh, I always find it odd. It's just yeah, it baffles me. But anyway. See, obviously, he's come from somewhere because obviously Jane Smith got wind of it and posted and was just like, yeah, look at this guy, fucking hell, like, you know, pointless, basically, like I was saying. I mean, it's um, just, it's, it's, it's strange, isn't it? Because under, um, you'd like to think we've become more evolved, therefore we're not going to do this stuff. So we, we know stuff is unsafe or unsanitary and possibly harmful um, if we do it like that. So it seems just bonkers to me i don't really understand but if someone was going to i mean because is he is he eating a lot of veggies i don't think so he's just lots of lots of protein he eats a bit of yogurt doesn't he he says yogurt um potatoes i think were there as well yeah potatoes but again you wouldn't eat them raw would you can you not die from that i don't know just he just seems like he's going to be is like his micronutrients are going to be severely down is it not yeah like a lot of people try this sort of stuff and they do end up with with issues with that sort of thing um yeah well i feel like if you if i mean that's the if, argument i suppose with like liver and stuff like that is that it's a, it's a powerhouse of vitamins yeah. and minerals like you know animal livers and kidneys and things whereas a lot of people who do carnivore diets just eat like muscle meat rather than the offal yeah um that would be the only thing if he's eating testicles and brains and shit as well probably knowing him the looks of him well, yeah, you just tucked into a raw testicles, just of weird. like of a cow, I think, or bull, I guess. <laughs> Cows and testicles. Oh yeah, <laughs> we know what you meant. We know what you meant, mate. Don't worry. It's fine. Um, yeah, I just long, long day. Uh, just find it very odd, and he's got like half a million followers. Like people, again, people will follow it because it's oh, yeah, out, it's out the norm. It's different. It's goes against the grain. You know, all that all that stuff is is why like it's going to be popular to a certain degree. Um, and you're going to get people who who, who are saying re- really weird shit. 
and they're going to get followers because it's it's just out of the ordinary, and people mm. want to be out of the ordinary, which is I find very strange. But yeah, what what if you say like they're probably the closest because um, nobody's going to go do this, and if you if you listen to this show and then you've gone actually that sounds like a great idea, you're mad. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then, but I guess the closest thing is I've had somebody in my gym try an attempt, I think, a carnivore diet. What are the issues with the carnivore diet, Mr. Daniel Meek? You do find it hard to shit. <laughs> yes. Um, I um, uh, just, just, just a peep behind the curtain. Um, on, from my birthday, I was out kind of three days in a row and um, I went to Smokestack is amazing but smokestack is a very meat orientated restaurant i eat i ate so much meat i was clogged up for two days and i'm really 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 regular all right mm -hmm. i'm good with that i know exactly i'm like sheldon i know exactly when i'm gonna poop most days um <laughs> and yeah that that is a big side effect mr daniel meek um but anyway it is it is, and, and, and even when people change their diets to eat more protein and keep veggies still in and stuff, like they, they notice changes in that and things things like that. But yeah, that's one of the things the carnivore diet, even keto to a certain degree, um, that a lot of people get because you struggle to get in any sort of you know veggies and, and things like that there, even on that. So it can be um, it can be one of those things that's a little bit uh, a little bit frustrating, um, but yeah, it's not good for you. Like this is the thing is. They talk about this ancestral stuff, but it's like, yeah, but do you actually know what else they used to eat? Because you don't know. You just know they probably ate raw meat, right? But did you did you know if they ate fruits and veggies? Did you know if they actually did that sort of stuff? Um, you know, it's like that whole thing, isn't it? Like I saw a meme the other day of like, imagine the person, like imagine the person that had to go and find out which mushrooms were killing people. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> who made it, who made a log of that? Do you know what I mean? Ooh, Brian just died. No, don't eat that mushroom. <laughs> what was the one he picked up again? Oh, was it this one or that one? Can't remember. No. Ooh. you go next you know like that whole thing of like <laughs> who found out that poisonous berries are poisonous you know like that whole that whole thing is just i find it all like you know yeah our ancestors had to do certain things a certain way but they had to do them that way there was no choice involved it's like if they wasn't like they were sat there next to crispy creams or raw testicles and they chose the raw testicles you know it's just it's just a funny one it's it. a strange one yeah considering we have evolved so therefore you have the choice mm. um yeah bonkers no it is a little bit incredibly strange. So yeah, the moral of the story: cook your meat. Um, yeah. <laughs> don't eat testicles <laughs> is probably the main moral of the story, Tom. Then cook your meat after that, and then don't be don't feel bad if you have a Krispy Kreme donut. This is probably the third. Sorry, um, kids. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right. Let's um, let's discuss a more training related because that was nutrition. We covered all bases. Training related mm. topic. Um, so something I guess I can get my teeth into. Um, so I went to a, uh, so Chris Toombs is a lad who he's worked for like USA rugby, their lead guy, tons of rugby teams basically is their lead S and C. Um, and now he's like fully in. So if, it, if you've even, if you've done PT core, you would know that. And I briefly talk about velocity based training and just and to be aware about it. Um, and Dan Baker. I'm sure Dan, uh, Mr. Dan Meek has heard of Dan Baker and he's, a, believe it or not, he is a strength coach in New Zealand. Um, but he is the guy, if you've ever seen the 1RM percentages um, and exertion scales, he came up with that. So pretty smart fella um, and has molded how we think about percentages. And he has actually come out 
with this research and a lot of this stuff and pose the idea of velocity-based training and it has a fucking lot of merit um, from what I can see. So Chris has kindly sent me over about four or five research papers uh, on it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scroll through them and have a little read before I bring them on the show um, on probably the PTC one so I can dive a little bit deeper. So we'll see. Um, so the velocity-based training, basically they're using the push bands. So a push band is literally, literally just a little accelerometer that you'd put on a barbell or yourself mm-hmm. and that thing for therefore it just tracks how you move okay and um just using your phone or like it's just connected by bluetooth so you probably might have seen like probably this is what the tech is now but previously there were those little did you i we didn't have them at brentford but obviously i'd, I'd used them at uh, my uni obviously you've got like force plates and stuff but that is an acceleration that's just measuring force but you could probably work it out um i can't remember what they're called gym something and it was a little like coil thing and it would like a little line cord into the floor and it would like pull it pull it on a pulley basically on the accelerometer i remember remember seeing something like we didn't have one i remember seeing it yeah i think there was also like a little thing you could stick onto the bar like a little computer device like a little little device it's like yeah so iphone size yeah i think push band have basically made an iteration of that and it's like that big now and it's just like wraps around and what they've actually done is their technology they've sold to whoop so whoop band the new whoop 5.0 heard it here first will have push band tech for velocity based training in it which is i think is pretty cool so i am tempted uh, by that for just would that more... not be useful for golf as well for you probably yeah was there is there there must be there must be um ways that carries over because i saw something the other day i think it was on that actually on that app you told me about golf and they were like if you sync it to your apple watch and you put it on your lead wrist that you can work out how many you know your shots and where you've had yeah, your yeah. shot on the course and it got me thinking well surely you could judge the accelerometer in that as like the speed and obviously if this is the similar thing that there must be a way of doing doing that yeah, so it's quite interesting. So for for the training, it's definitely something I think I won't buy the because I think that the push pans are no longer going to be sold. So the ones that I think, <laughs> uh, shockingly, because they were the last ones that are in Britain. So uh, first base, we decided to buy all of them, um, <laughs> so we could use them in our education system because we're not going to buy everybody whoop bands. Um, that's mm. ridiculous. So we bought the rest of those, probably about ten of them. Um, to put them around so they cost like three four hundred quid each right these little push band things um which is just an accelerometer but it, it's pretty cool um but it is a way of so basically you profile an athlete right so you, the first of all thing you can check is readiness and it's something that i do sometimes not frequent enough but particularly on like uh, if I'm going for PR days or stuff like that, I want or I know we're hitting big sessions. I actually have I have something called G flights, um, and a G flight is a little laser beam basically that measures jump height or um, ground reaction force basically RSI. So we've got reactive strength index and we have um, ground contact time. Thank you. Um, 
so usually what I do uh, if I'm if I'm prepping someone and I I I've already got given a profile of their like counter movement jumps or their squat jumps so non counter movement jumps I know what they should hit if they do that at the start of a, a session they get in like within I'm for me it's within five percent ish of their like what they normally do for like five reps then I'm good to go. I think their, their CNS is an on enough and they're going to be able to go and lift pretty well. So what Pushman does, it's like it gives you from doing whatever counter movement jump or squat jump that you want to do, your natural thing, you can put it on just a, an unweighted, like a dowel and you squat jump quickly as hard as you can. And it basically spits out a number and says whether you're ready to lift heavy or not based off what you've done in your profiling, which is pretty cool. Mm definitely for athletes because um i did i think i mentioned it last week on on the factor of your one rm say dan lefts 100 kilos um can be as off as 18 percent any given day so if dan is feeling pretty like his neural system is fucked that day um then he his one rm for that day could be 82 kilos that's huge. That's mm. massive. And that's a massive discrepancy. Hence why we get like, if we're, if I'm, and if I'm feeling like that and it shows on my result that I'm, I'm not quite up to where I should be on my velocity, then <laughs> can the session, you're not going to get the benefit out of it because you're not moving at the right intensity or the right loads that you're going to do. So you, you pivot and you change the session slightly. You go into more of a, a strength speed phase or a lighter mm. load phase instead of the heavy stuff that you need more neuromuscular control for. So that's what's really good. If you want to take your, take your training seriously, like powerlifters or like strongmen, or basically if you want to move quickly, um, I wouldn't say this is bodybuilding at all. I wouldn't say this is, no. this is for, for performance. Okay. I remember, and if you want to... I remember at football, we, they did something, the physios did something similar where they used the, um, the jumps. They did the jump. They did a bunch of different jumps and it was kind of based on how, you know, again, percentage of how close you were to your max that you, pre, yep. you know, tested in, tested at the start and the end of preseason, you know, after your training effects, they then worked out whether you should or shouldn't train. And again, it came down to the same old argument though, with this sort of stuff where in the team sports can have the same argument, which is, yeah, but if he feels okay in himself and he, you know, and the manager wants him to train and he's got to do tactics and stuff, it's like, well, he's going to train. Um, their argument was just that they were collating the data so that they could then yeah. reinforce that and go, well, is it, is it reliable? You know, is it actually something we can use that, that we're going to be able to see? Okay. Do we see patterns before someone gets injured? For example, do we see patterns before someone or patterns before someone starts going through a bad form or, or whatever? Um, and unfortunately, it only lasted a season because obviously with football clubs, the, the, the departments change so much and people get sacked yeah. and all that sort of stuff. But that's where if these departments of football clubs stayed for long, the long term, you would start getting this really useful data, which I think a few clubs have started doing. I think they separate the, the sports science and physio from management. Um, yeah. It'd be really interesting to see over time how, how that works. Obviously, doing it rugby. Um, and I'd imagine there's, there's, some, there's some real... Um, real validity there because it's a lot more based around power and strength a bit more than football yeah. for example mm. so the obviously the, the the two the two sports that have taken it and they've gone we're going to go all in on velocity-based training are rugby and the nfl yeah velocity-based because they're all velocity-based sports right they, they care about like that kind of data and they've just gone nuts for it so and they're like reaping the rewards now and then like those scores like pop up on the thing they're like yeah 
amazing um so it's really interesting so just as a thing like so they you test something so a simple like readiness test basically you have a dow and um so your counter movement jump squat with no arm swing and you're for males you're trying to be yeah what going like four meters per second is is a, like elite um and then you want a poor below three meters per second is poor um to put that in and that's without any weight right that's how you're going to move um and females at 3.7 is elite and then 2.75 um so it's interesting because obviously there's so there's something i talk about in pt core is the low velocity profile um how is it, and it's simple as fuck right it literally light loads you can move quickly heavy loads you move slowly simple right really simple the graph is so linear and down it's like insane it's exactly how it should be but working out your intensity uh from that is is pretty cool so you get kind of get a velocity kind of scale and profiling per person because obviously lots of people move like differently and you're like all right where where is your true kind of 80 percent based off velocity mm-hmm. where is your true 85 percent or something like that of what you think is your one rm um, but it might not be and how you come accustomed and basically you can be like all right maybe a crossfitter is really really good at lots of like basically you can do a lot of reps at the same like velocity as soon as they get to number like two or three or that high 90 percent they're fucked they don't move it quickly at all and it's too slow like the 10 Mm. second rep or something like that um so yeah it's really quite interesting so how they do it so just to give a perspective of let's just pick the squat as the as the simplest thing they basically project it as like meters per second. Um, and then they give like a variance of um, kind of if you like, so you, you might do one thing where you go, all right, for this set, you're lifting 60% of your one RM. So we're sitting in the strength speed kind of realms. So the low end of that, um, you should lift this at 0.72 meters per second. So you jab that into the app and we're going to go until basically your, your set is endless, but you're going to go until with max intensity until you have a 20% drop off. And then we're to our mind, you're no longer training speed strength because you're not moving quick enough to be that stimulus. You wouldn't have reached max exertion because we know you can keep on lifting it but as soon as you reach say 0.52 or 0.5 meters per second you're done like you're not moving quick enough your cns system is not like tapping in quick enough so for that thing is really cool so you're you're getting exact for that day if you're training for that at at certain loads um so i found that exciting um Mm -hmm. as i would so i thought it was pretty cool from um just that perspective of it spitting out live data at you as you go and they've done a lot of research on the squat the deadlift the bench press the pull up and a bench pull so like a, a seal row right mm-hmm. so the, the the main ones that they've done um all the way down to like it's 100 rm guess guess how fast meters per second um it will first like a deadlift or a bench press would be so bearing in mind so 60% they expect to be at like 0.68 or 0.7. Yeah, that's going to be point 
Is it even point one? Yeah, it's point point one eight. Yeah, is your hundred percent? That's how that's slow, right? That that's right. what they, that's why they call it like ten second rep, right? So so yeah. Louis Simmons actually his parameter he uses this, right? Anybody doesn't know who Louis Simmons is? Um, Jesus Christ, go look go look him up. Um, <laughs> for the West Side Barbell guys, um, and then he actually they actually use velocity based training and velocity based profiling, but they yeah. have a lower one for that. There mm. theirs is one point two. So that's a 10 second repetition. Literally, they're pulling that and they're like, you've seen a deadlift that, that is that slow and it feels that slow. <laughs> and you're like, you're still, you're still moving it as fast as possible. That is what it's like there. Okay. So it's interesting for the fact, and, and it's something that I have been preaching to my trainers and I do for my clients um, for the last six years, maybe, is intent in moving and i would want you to move that fucking thing as fast as you can with as much intent as possible i don't want you to move slowly i want you to move powerfully yeah we can control the weight down absolutely fine but i want you to move with intent because we're trying to get the biggest bang for buck mm. basically it's that like minimal effective dosage kind of thing right i'm going to get the biggest bang for buck for and i want you to train to the level you can and then when we drop off we'll go do something else it's just like, all right, I need full effort, please. I need it, like, all the way. If you half-ass it, my machine's going to say that you're, like, you're already too tired and you've not lifted quick enough uh, to what you should be. So that's the other thing. Mm -hmm. Which, so, so yeah, yeah, if you're human, one of Tom's clients, watch out. He's the human, like, the human mind, if you don't lift quick enough and you do, like, a dodgy rep, it's going to be like, all right, like, you're done. Uh, it's interesting so i like the drop-off aspect of it and then like it like flashes red it's like you're moving too slow stop <laughs> so that was quite cool but yeah look out for it if, it if it's something that interests you um we'll get chris teams on have a little chat about it um and there's a few research papers out there so go look at i can't remember what his um his instagram is but yeah I follow right chris teams in my following and then you'll, you'll find him i follow him nice lad nice lad um, but yeah, it did bring me on to the um, thing about velocity. Well, the velocity-based training is like the exertion scales. Um, and sorry, I, I believe uh, my girlfriend was just turning the lights off and on through Alexa. <laughs> so I all just oh, brilliant. They've just gone dark again. So I'm I'm sitting there. There we dark. go. Tom's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, uh, that is a good look. <laughs> She's just realised what's happened as well. She's looking at me through the window like she doesn't know. There we go. My light's on. Yeah. She <laughs> she's going to keep doing it. Well, you know. She's going to keep turning it on. Well. Um, but yeah, so brief, let's explain because people, so it's, a, it's another way to measure exertion, load, and stuff over sessions, right? Essentially. And it's a fancy way. And 100%, if I have like 10 in person clients, two, I might use it on. Just, just bear that in mind. And I'm a performance-based trainer, I guess. Yeah, there'll only be like two or three that I'll be like, they'll get a benefit out of it. I'm not whipping this out for everybody. Jesus Christ, that'd be awful. No. Yeah. Um, That's yeah. things a lot of people would, though, wouldn't they? You know, a lot of people see the shiny object thing and they'll just Correct. go there and go, oh, I just want to use this everyone. And then they'll get like Maureen, who's 45, you know, yeah. struggling, to, struggling to walk properly and like, you know, because of hip replacement that, or something. That was the and one like, caveat, obviously, because... Because uh, Chris has always, I was like, looking at your stuff, I was like, you've always worked in elite sport. He's like, yeah. I was like, 
you got to get your brain out of that a little bit and be like, all right, what's what's the lowest like velocity that you're willing to work with all this kind of stuff yeah. i was like is there a rule it's like if you're fucking piss weak don't use this he was like just nodding at me like yeah get them strong that's the prerequisite <laughs> and then we, we need to know what strong is be a good coach get them fucking strong and then you start Literally, using this yeah. okay so have your baseline like movements hit for a certain amount of load if they cannot goblet squat 20 kilos do not touch velocity rest training um, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so yeah it's interesting but it's, it brings into light of like so the r and r scales reps and reserve do you use that which ones do you no. use then like i've got the obviously velocity based training reps and reserve scales percentage based stuff um uh i guess exertion scale that's still reps and reserve rpe scale then you've got mm. the mrv rubbish you can mm. see how, i think that's great um yeah what do you use I, we, I mean, I ask clients on check-ins about RPEs and stuff like that, but to be honest, I think, um, I don't think people train hard enough. I don't think people know how to train hard. I don't think people are even anywhere, anywhere near have a clue of their reps and reserve. Well, um, so I don't, I just don't even, it's not even a conversation that enters my weekly training. I don't program anything like that. I don't program reps and reserve and I program, I do program AMRAP sets. I do program sets where I want people to go as many reps as possible with a certain weight. Um, but in my experience, I do not have any clients who are overtrained because they push themselves too hard in the gym. Like it doesn't yeah, happen. Guess, guess what? Um, like um, if with my in-person clients and majorly most of my online I've ever had, um, apart from powerlifters, haven't had to plan the deload. No. I just don't, I just don't like, never my, I, I get clients, I get clients who, when it comes to their deload in week six, they're like, oh, I feel like, I feel good for you. I do feel, do feel like I needed it. And I'm like, good, that's fine. I know you're training hard or whatever, yeah. but it, I just think most of my clients training three, four times a week. They're not, you know, they're not bodybuilders. They're not trying to peak for anything. I know that they're going to have deloads. I know they're going to get little niggles. I know they're going to have weeks where work takes over. I know they're going to have weekends away on holiday, four or five days away. I yeah. don't need to worry about it. I just ask them to push themselves as hard as they can every single session. And, and like, it's, again, it's where the, the fitness industry loses for me a lot of understanding of real people and what happens. It's just. Yeah. But it was, um, was interesting. And even so, like when we were doing the day, right. So there was a select like 10 of us, like who um, we brought from third space to like expose this to. Right. So the people we thought would like get the most out of it and make a decision mm -hmm. whether we're going to use this, go forward. And, um, uh, so we did some profiling off um, like one of the CrossFit girls and like and one of the other girls are doing deadlifting and they obviously spat out what their like uh, their uh, projected 1RMs are and all this kind of stuff. And you saying that people don't know they should be training harder was 1000% right. Every single person apart from a lad called Will who'd had way more exposure to it previously, everybody was under training mm. to what their loads according to their velocity based training was saying they were like basically there were like at least two to three reps left in them mm. based off what they were doing based off the velocity they were moving the barbell it's just brain tells you to quit over what your muscle can probably do 100 percent. and this is the thing is like like we say all the time to people like reps and reserve right for you to have zero reps and reserve is someone holding a gun to your head and you couldn't yeah. do another rep like, and, and we can't get there as humans. You can't get to that place 
unless you're a bodybuilder with that sort of passion and drive and desire, powerlifters, elite level athletes, you know, that kind of thing. I'm not saying that everyone listening to this doesn't know that level. There might be 5% of you who do know that, that, but I also know myself when I train, I know myself when I train and I'm like, I could have done an extra rep if I really wanted to, if I really wanted to, <laughs> but I'm like, actually, do you know what? I know my shoulders in a decent position here. I feel comfortable. I've, I've trained pretty fucking hard. There's probably one or two reps in reserve there. I'm just going to stop. And that's fine because you can get great results with reps in reserve, like two, three reps in reserve. That is that's well, great. You can still get good results with it, but people don't know that they don't get to that point. They think that failure is two reps in reserve because that's what they fail yeah. on. That's what they stop on. And it's not, it, there is actually, it's, it's in terms of uh, research, out there kind of now there is more benefit benefits to training slightly submaximally and keeping it's basically the it's basically keeping them coming in you'd rather keep coming in seven yeah. like as many times like we've said right we said about recovery protocols and been like no 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 no. if you can if you micro dose you're gonna be able to come in four or five times mm. a week and train full body that kind of thing <laughs> don't smash your cns that day train to failure and then not been able to train it for 72 to and this like is why people don't hours. train. This is why people don't get the results though, is because what they do is they train with about eight reps in reserve because they know they're doing chest day and they know that they've got to do hundreds and hundreds of reps. So <laughs> they never, they never really go to true failure. Then the volume they're doing is no, actually, it's not actually very good. Um, and all it takes is you to go up to two, three reps in reserve, do three exercises on your chest over on one day on an upper body day, instead of doing eight. And you start seeing progress because guess what? You can train your chest again in three days time. And um, like you said, put, you know, put that crazy. in perspective, Chris literally was saying he does it and he trains like elite a level, like athletes, like Seattle Seahawks, all these guys. Right. And uh, he was like, yeah, yeah. Um, I do three, three working sets with them possibly. It's like personally, he only did two. He was like, "Yep, that's enough." They got training. People, honestly, like, like the amount of my clients who, <laughs> the amount of my clients who say, "Like, oh, is that it? Or is that is that all? Like, is that all you're planning? Is that all the sets I've got? Is that is that all the things I've got? Is that all the chest exercise I've got?" And I'm like, "Fuck me!" Like, yes, it is because that's all you fucking need if you do it again. If you do it properly, if you train properly and train hard, and it comes back to this whole thing about full body, upper low, and stuff like that as well. Now, like I. Any, any of my clients will notice a lot more recently. I'm, pl I'm programming a lot more full body, a lot more, yeah. even for four days a week now, even at four days a week, I'm starting to, to experiment with it because I genuinely have seen very, very good results. And in terms of recovery as well, I haven't, I haven't had many clients break down from it or feel like it's too difficult. Um, I think there's a mindset to it where once you start training your body as a whole and you start realizing, actually, my body isn't as sore as I thought it would be. And actually... I can just train properly. And you realize that actually got these lifts, you do need your whole body. And I think it creates much stronger people. Um, movements, you know, in terms of exercises that and, and weights that they lift go up quicker in full body than they do in, in doing sort of like push day, pull day, all that sort of stuff. Um, and and I, I think I've just got a lot of clients who train three or four times a week, to be honest. So it kind of fits really, really well. Um, anyway, like I wouldn't do five. I think that is too much full body. But again, I see a lot of people, a lot of athletes who... Crossfitters primarily, they, they train full body and they train every fucking day. They're mental. Yeah. And yeah, their recovery capabilities are higher. And yes, their training age is higher, but it just shows you that it can be done. And that I think it creates a much more rounded strength. I, I say strength profile, but I mean more than like the whole body and stuff. Like I think you have less weak areas. Do you know those people who are like, oh, I've got a bad back, or I've got a bad, got weak glutes, or I've got weak this? It's like if you train full body, you don't have a weak anything, you just get strong all over um yeah i'm really liking it at the moment i think there's a lot of merit to it um 
Maybe it's because I've been doing it myself a lot more recently. Maybe there's that, but I've always kind of known it anyway. I've always programmed a lot of clients for body stuff, but I think this sort of thing just highlights that really is like, look, it's, it's worth doing from, from that point of view, because you realize how much that like, your whole body is taken into account. Like you said there, when you're doing the squat and you're doing the testing, it's not just your legs that they're testing there. It's your whole body and how your whole body's feeling that they're testing, whether you're yeah. going to be able to train hard enough or not and all that sort of stuff. So I think that's the same sort of thing with that. Beautiful. All right, mate. Let's bring it to a close. Any other business? Not from me. Not from me. No, not from me. Everybody who's programmed to do stuff, go do it. Um, that's pretty easy. Yeah, go do it. <laughs> um, do thanks, it. Mr. Pace. And we will catch you next week. See you later.